Jesse live from the ESPN 690 and Jarrett Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know what? It's a, you know, it's a surreal feeling right now. I have to tell you the truth, man. Um, I just, I'm so happy for the, you know, my team. These guys work so hard. Just happy for the community. Happy for Jersey City, and then you know, for the state of New Jersey, man. This is a, a great time for everybody to be to, to be pulling for a good story. And right now, this is a good story. Tell me out, Casey. Who was that? You don't know? I do. I do know. Is that St. Uh, Peter's coach? You better believe it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about all that NCAA tournament, Sweet 16. Matthew Driscoll getting set to join us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Let's finish up. We're really getting hot and heavy here on this uh, Urban Meyer article and, and everything that kind of domino effect as we, well, try to put the final exclamation point on a bad Urban Meyer tenure. Uh, although I'm sure it will linger to some degrees into the rest of 2022. But Doug Peterson and company surely want to move on. Let's get South Beach Gary in real quick on this. And uh, anybody else who wants to jump in the rest of the show, sure, certainly welcome. 904-362-9901. What's happening, man? Oh, Brent, I'm busted. <laughs> Two wins away from the Final Four. Oh, uh-huh, you wanted to talk about the Canes. You can get us right into basketball. See, I was thinking about you a little bit. How about Miami, huh? Oh, they, yeah, thank goodness. You, you know, Jim Lernagin kept Charles Barkley from taking his shirt off on me. <laughs> that was a great thank quote. God. That was a great quote. <laughs> that was. Yeah, Brent, you were very critical of the ACC going in. I think, what, 9-2 nine and, nine and two right now in the tournament? I think 8-2, and two, uh, and I was. I, I didn't have a lot of faith. I had faith in the Big Ten. Um, I did not have a lot of faith in the ACC uh, coming in. That's why I picked against Miami in the opening round against USC. Quite fr- That was my deciding factor. <laughs> well, ben, Big Ten, I think you went with the fact that the numbers were so large that you had a good chance because there was nine of them. Nine of them. And the yeah. ACC was belittled the whole year. They were even making fun of when Florida State and Miami, if you remember at one time they were tied, I think, my Florida State might have been six and two. Went to Miami and won at Miami. Yes, they did. Because they just had beaten us on that Thursday. And I know people were saying like these are the top two best teams in the ACC, and it's not this, that, and the other. But in the reality of it, now that you get to sixteen, and you got a couple guys that are left around that are that are doing pretty well. I, I you know, I, I think the large number of nine is a lot. The little number of ACC is a little. But, however, at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top right. in these moments. Yeah. and uh, Matt Driscoll, but don't you think Jim Nalaranaga should uh, get at least a mention for Coach of the Year, considering where the Kings are picked to finish in the ACC? You, you know, the one thing about the national, when you look at the national scene and you look at all the different coaches that have done certain things, I, I think he'd be down the pecking order. Um, I think a lot of people respect the fact that he has the age. Um, that he's done it with longevity. He's done it at different levels. Um, and then he's done it with a whole bunch of transfers. Um, they've had a lot of guys leave, and they've had guys get injured. And he's been able to put that group together. The Wong kid is really special. We played them a couple of years ago. He's a special, special talent. And really, and when you look at the Moore kid, this is his fourth school. So you're talking about a guy that was at DePaul, a guy that was at Kansas, a guy that was at Cal. Now the guy's at Miami. He's 24 years old. He reminds me a lot. If you look at the Horkler kid that used to play for us, and then he left and went to Providence, sat out, got a COVID, now he's a 24-year-old senior. 
and he's playing tremendous. Probably their best player in the in the in the first rounds yeah. to get to the Sweet 16. So I think age has a lot to do. A lot of those guys would be in Europe or or G League and those kind of places, and now they get a chance to get a second degree, which. If you're going to give somebody a second degree and get it for free, why not take it? Yeah, why not? But And to go back to Shaheen Holloway, he's at St. Peter's now, but as soon as they're done, he'll be the head coach at Seton Hall. That's what's next, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%, because Kevin just took the job at Maryland. Surprised the price tag a little bit. Seven years, uh, well over $4 million average. Um, you're talking almost $30 million in the Big Ten. That puts him up there in the elitist. So, um, uh, congratulations. He's a really good person. But was it Seton Hall a long time and did a great Son job. Ralph. Yeah, Ralph. Ralph's a really good guy. I, uh, I Pittsburgh stories about him when he was at Pitt. Uh, but, 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 but Kevin's done a really good job and, of course, has the Patino uh, lineage as well, too. Yeah. So it's just interesting how this whole thing. LSU, I thought, really, really smart. When Coach Drew got the job at Baylor in 03, one of the parts of his contract was extra years for every year of probation. So after it came back three years in the fold, he got a nice bump. Ended up, I believe, his first one was 10 years. Wow. And, and, and Coach McMahon's going to get the same thing in LSU because they don't know exactly what the sanctions are going to look like. So you got a chance to really, really put your stamp like we did at Baylor on something. In the SEC, obviously, Kim Mulkey, who was with us at Baylor, yeah. is a good correlation. Like, she'll do a great job with the women, and then you can – Piggyback that, and the next thing you know, I know their football was way better than ours was then, but then ours got great. True. You know, so... One of the few schools have been able to be good in both of those premier sports. And actually three. If you think about it at that time, you know, when Baylor got cooking, it was football, basketball, and women's basketball. Yeah. All three of them. And not to mention some other stuff, but, but, but my point is, there's a lot of stuff going on, but LSU, really, really good high, really smart young person like Coach Drew was that has a chance to do some things during this time of not really what's going to happen to us what what are they going to do they're going to take some games away from us are they going to take some not like us they took our whole preseason the first team ever to get a non-conference taken away from them our first game was january you 11th play till january that year yeah wow yeah less a lot of practices <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it's inter-squad scrimmages yeah, and after a while like come on like yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah that's tough uh matthew driscoll by the way with us unf meds basketball coach talking a little about the uh, sweet 16 he'll talk anything uh, so if you have a question about the uh, brackets or maybe the the coaching world um, in college basketball or really anything else, even, uh, the Jag, even the, this Jags thing that comes out, I think, you know, what's going on right now with all these coaches changing, I, I think, you know, vetting is a word I think we use a yeah. lot. And you, you kind of wonder where that comes into. So you got agents, you have search firms, you have um, the, the, um, the committee, that's at the school yeah, internal committee and yeah. you have all these different people you know pulling up these different parts of what's going on and you've got to understand where those things align and then also too the information they're getting and then where that information falls so this article that came out in the athletic obviously there was a lot about it there was a lot about what you would think someone's going to try to dig up the most dirt they can possibly dig to figure out if that was the problem um and and kind of help what it was and then now people are going to start to dig up was it like that at ohio state was it like that at florida um i don't know about utah i don't don't know but but my point is i think some people may even start to track it and see where it goes because what happens is people are going to read it they're going to see it they're going to say oh yeah but remember when and then back then and next thing you know 
you know, you see different things transpire from this. So the vetting process in these hirings, um, and whether it be NFL, whether it be college football or, or uh, um, uh, my profession in, in men's basketball, it's very, very important that you get to the right people. It's pretty interesting in your profession, too. I mean, you've had, I mean, people have had issues, whether it's just rules or they're not good people. We don't know because we're not inside it enough. You probably would know more stories. But well, well if I could tell you some Baylor 2003 stuff. I bet you can. <laughs> but, but I even think of a guy like, you know, who's super successful but has been humbled in the sense of a Rick Pitino, mm. who then come, goes to Iona, does well, and uh, do you give him another chance, or are you afraid of that as as an institution now? Bruce and Pearl got another the, chance. And should the Jags have been afraid of what might come down the road for a guy like Urban Meyer, given the track record? And I think in hindsight, the answer was yes. You know, so uh, it's really interesting. It, it gets me thinking about the hiring process so much, but I think about it from an athlete's point of view. You're naming all these Kevin Willard, new coach at LSU. We're looking at Todd Golden now for the Florida Gators, another young guy. What's today's athlete looking for in a coach? Well, you know, the term that's always out there is player's coach. And I, I really never understood what that meant. Like, does that mean that you can't coach somebody? You can't discipline somebody? You can't, or you got to, you know what I mean? Is it, yeah. But so Austin will always tell you, see, from a player perspective, Austin will tell you, he doesn't mind being coach. No. He wants you to be he wants you to, to love him, care no, about him, no but doubt. also no be doubt. hard on him. Like, no get doubt. the most out of me. 100%. Right? And I think most athletes want you help me reach my potential, right? The great ones we've had have always been that way. I mean, and that's crazy. Is that still the case, though, I guess? Well, there's a correlation. The ones that have been the greatest have been the ones you've been able to coach. Now, you've had to make some tweaks. You had to make some differences. Garrett Sams was different than Bo Beach. Bo was different than Dallas. Dallas is different than Carter. Carter's different than Wajid. That's part of being a coach. I think you have to realize that, yeah. and you have to read into you that. You have to be adaptable. But um, what is an athlete looking for in in, in, high, in 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 the big picture? They want to play. They want to play now, and they want to have instant success. Athletes. That's why the transfer portal is almost twelve hundred right now with Division One and Division Two. The waiting and the growing. And the success stories used to show guys, look at this guy when he was a freshman, and now look at him as a junior, and look at this guy. And look, it, It's hard to get those now because guys want it so fast and so now. And we're blessed. Like, our guys were super, super young. We had some super talented guys. We had some guys that Jaden Parker, and, we, we, you know, of course, Carter and Jose were fantastic, and then Jarius, but they're all coming back. And they all want to be a part of something special, and they all want to win a championship, and they want to do it together. And I think that's, that's part unique of, now. Well, that's part of the culture, though, where they came into it. That was what was there. That's what they see. That's what they hear when those guys come back. And so that's a different, that's a different part of it. And so what, what guys are looking for, I mean, we had a kid in the office the other day. You know, mom and dad both went to UNF. So you're thinking to yourself, right? However... It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. I'm very intense. I'm very passionate. I want the best for you, but I want the best for all of us. If we get the best out of you, then we're going to get the You know, we're going to get the byproduct of it. And, but I think kids want. Well, uh, what about starting? Yeah. Um, how many minutes? Do, like it's earned. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, and sometimes it just it's earned. And sometimes, I think this more than anything, Brent. When athletes play NFL, 
What's the biggest thing in an NFL from week to week? Injuries. So when your number's called and you're that guy, you've got a chance to get up. Show yourself, show out what you can do, and then maybe make decisions a little bit more different for what's, you know, what's to transpire. So I think the other thing, we tell our guys is, like, we had all those injuries, and then we flipped it and went 6-2, and two, yeah. started, you know, beat the two best teams in the league and all that kind of stuff. Like, we told the guys, like, at the end of the day, like, you're playing. So if your girlfriend thinks you should play or your parents think you should play or the social media thinks you should play or your AAU coach or your workout guy, guess what? You're playing. So here's your opportunity. Here's your and our guys, as you saw firsthand with your own eyes, those guys rose and did what they're capable of doing. But it also shows the depth you have, the recruiting that you do, the development that you have, and then it carries on. And that's how you can win consecutive championships and always be in the upper echelon and do those things. Well, you're, you're getting me. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts running through my mind. Can you win in today's NCAA basketball by doing what you do, or are you going to have to use the portal like everybody else? How many teams in the Sweet 16 or in the tournament use the portal to get there, I guess is what I'm asking. A lot. Um, UCLA didn't. Um, Texas Tech is loaded. Loaded. Gonzaga got a piece or two but that, there's a good example Strother, like he played like eight minutes a game you have two lottery picks ahead of you and a, another first rounder yeah. and so just trust this you'll be okay and now he's a stud yeah so what about houston they lost all five starters so those two of them in december to injury one of them starts at florida state and was you mills was unbelievable i would say this to you brent i learned this from coach drew and I was probably on the other side of the fence until, and that's the good thing about being around other people and listening and learning. Do you want to recruit one and done? Nah, don't bring in one and done. They're bad for your chemistry. They're bad for your program. They'll keep disturbing you. Okay, do you want to play against them? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do with Baylor? Do you want to recruit them or play against them, right? So it's the same thing with transfer portal guys. Do you want to pound your chest and say, nope, I'm going to do it all through whatever. Here's what I say. How about just piecing it where you need to piece it? So we have a couple of scholarships right now, and you look at what do we, like what would be really, really, what, like what's something we really need? Do you want to bring in another freshman and maybe redshirt him down, whatever, or bring in a guy that's a specialist in whatever you need and then tell him, but you got to tell him. Like I was just on a coach with a college coach because his kids didn't transfer a portal. I'm like, like, here's the reality of it. Like we don't do this. We don't promise it. Like, and I haven't told the kid. The kid's like, wow, that's a good question, coach. I'm like, what if you come and, like, it doesn't work out? Like, you know what? These other guys are better than you. And maybe you're not as good as you would think you were. Or it, it happens. Now, yeah. Jerry Sicklin proved the opposite. True. Like, I'm a Division II All-American. I'm really, really talented. And I'm going to be really, really good. Right? So, I, I think if you don't recruit them, I don't know if you're very intelligent to say, well, I'm going to sell. I'm doing it. Like, I don't think you can do that. Because it's just like one and dones. You, you get a chance to take John Wall at Baylor, which we were in a running. You got to take him. Yeah, well, and, and I think coaches learned that. They had to play that game. You just asked the question, do you play against them? And it's interesting because you're living through this in real time. I mean, this portal is new in, in that regard. So I would think coaches, at the root of coaches, they want to develop kids. 100%. Right? And so, but the other part of coaching, especially the real-life part of coaching, is winning. <laughs> Correct. So what's... What's the balance there, right? What's the balance between getting 23-year-old kids or 22-year-old kids that are now grown men 
or developing 18, 19-year-old men that might pay off down the road, and hopefully they don't leave. The transfer portal kids also could have bad habits, too. And bad habits are as hard to break as no habits at all. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, again, the vetting process and how that... You to make the right decisions. And, and you hope. Which is like recruiting. A hundred percent. And, like, developing is awesome. We've been great at it, obviously. That's been one of the biggest things that people love about what we do. Yeah. However, you can develop a guy from a transfer portal, too. So, for instance, a guy to, at a Division two school... Maybe doesn't have the, the the resources even we have, or or maybe their coach isn't a developmental coach, and now this kid wants to be a pro. He wants to go to Europe, but he understands he lacks in name it ball screen how to ball screen acuity we call. So now you're able to develop this kid with some ball screen acuity. He may never play off ten twenty ball screens all year, but you've developed him. Garrett Sams goes to Germany at six foot seven. He ends up being the backup point guard on the team. He never played the point guard for us or the lead guard for us. However, we developed him, and we developed him, and we developed him, and it never really came to fruition but 20 times in his career. But we developed him. So I, I think it's a – I think the biggest thing is you got to know who you are. you got to know what you can coach the best, and then you have to go out and coach it. And you look at a kid like Jaden Parker, for instance – who's just coming along, coming along, coming along, coming along with a guy like Jonathan Abar. And now can you start playing those guys together? Do they stay out of foul trouble? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you look at JU. You say, okay, you got those guys, and the JU guys are, you know, in, in, interior guys. We know that, you know, the, 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 the guard is the guard, and we know that Davis made threes and Workman, all those guys that were there. But those new pieces he got, from the portal, a Florida kid, a Juco kid, um, the kid from Middle Tennessee leading score, a kid from Upstate leading score, right? So yeah. now you're bringing them in. Did a good job of mixing and matching. It just, and, and played minimal numbers and, you know, to Jordan's credit, played at a pace that was really, really good for what they did, you know? And whether you lose a one-possession game here or not is irrelevant. What's relevant is how can you continue to develop what you're developing, the Jaguars? So Ryan's coming in the league, right? So how do we develop what we're developing with Lawrence to know that we've got to beat the Colts? Like, he's, he's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's statistics are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, Matthew Driscoll with us, University of North Florida men's basketball coach. We've got to take a break. That's what the music means, coach. We've got to take a break. You're good. That's why I went you, to you know, Matt Ryan. You, you know. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot for you still, though. Oh. Um, I did this last night at Action Sports Shacks Primetime. St. Peter's is another great example. UNF has been this example why you have to invest in men's basketball at a lot of schools across the country. Also, Porkler, Nebhard, Note. I got some questions about those three guys specifically uh, that are still in this NCAA tournament. Plus, get your bracket out. Who do you like the rest of the way? Still to come. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, you and I talk about it all the time. The greatest thing he does, it's not X's and O's. It's getting guys to really believe in each other, trust, and motivate. And whatever he said, I don't think it was technical. I think it was emotional. I think, you know, in terms of let's get to the next play, let's compete, let's get a stop, all right? Let's all trust each other. Let's be connected. Let's make that fist. Whatever it is, that's his gift. His gift is figuring out the buttons to push to get guys to trust each other and compete. 
and and not get lost in the moment, but just embrace the moment. And that's I think that's what that team did in the last five minutes. Talking about Shashevsky there. How good is Coach Shashevsky, Coach Matthew Driscoll? I, when I was in the ACC at Clemson, I always thought that Gary Williams was the the best coach in the league, and they won a national championship when I was there, and so did Duke. And I thought Coach K was the best manager of talent. I thought he could really, really manage. He really managed the game. He really managed the talent. He really managed how guys did what they did and the way in which they did it. And um, if, if you know anything about his historical, he doesn't play a lot of guys. He plays guys that come there to play. They're not usually there for four years, obviously, or three years or even two years. And, um, you know, Coach K really, if you think about it, you know, that run of separation that got tied, and next thing you know, play after play after play. But they were getting stop after stop after stop. And I think it's where this team is a little bit different. Um, and you look at a guy like Grayson Allen, you know, a guy that actually did stay um, and, and went through that whole whole deal with Duke. But, again, the number of minutes he played and the level he played and the way Coach managed him, especially around some of the things that were going on throughout his career. And um, uh, so that's what I would say about Coach. He's really he's done a great job. If I coach for 30 years and won 20 games a year, that's 600 games, and I've already won over 200. I'm not even close to 1,200. If you, if you want to look at it in it's perspective. A, he's about, if he wins the next one, I think it's 100th NCAA tournament win, and he's been 26 years now to the Sweet 16, which is, I think they're both records. So it's incredible. Longevity has something to do with it, but not everything to do with that. And they wanted to get rid of him uh, after three years. After three years. He would have been gone. In today's society, he'd have been gone. Crazy, huh? And what happens is Dawkins was really talented, but the guy who really they if you go back and talk to Tommy Amaker, the head coach at Harvard, yeah, he came in and he really alleviated pressure from Dawkins. Dawkins just blew up and then they just took off. And um so yeah, it's uh I really think he's yeah, I think he really managed as well. The Story of St. Peter's is what the NCAA sure. tournament's all about, right? 100%. I mean, it's it's Cinderella. It's why we love it. It's why everybody loves the tournament. They they like their bracket. I get emotional about my bracket, not going to lie. But St. Peter's is the story, right? It's it's Nobody's heard of St. Peter's like I have because I'm up from, at least in that area, I used to cover the Mac, so I know St. Peter's. But if you ask people, like I was saying, Publix, 10 of them, where's St. Peter's? They have no idea. It's what made Murray State, like, kind of a household name over the years it's in the past i think even like wichita state was like that early like years belmont. ago uh belmont now gonzaga nobody ever knew where it was what it was and now look uh and it gives schools like university of north florida or a ju or anyone uh the opportunity to have this moment for or roberts a couple of days a week two weeks is probably roberts is another great example like we have we wouldn't know of these schools like, I, I say this all the time now because my kids are in high school or I cover signing day for other kids, and I'm like, I've never heard of that school. And the only reason I've heard of it is because some kid's going to play football there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, these other schools that are kind of household names are because of their their success in March, um, and St. Peter's is the latest one. Do they run a little bit of your offense? Yeah, they, they play. It looks a little familiar. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the way Coach – does what he does in the way which we do it and he does rely on certain guys to do certain things and all but the thing about what they're doing let's say outside of them so forget men's basketball number one it brings in incredible notoriety so the social media the website 
all those things are clicking. The bookstore, yeah, um, was just, absolutely it was flying. Yeah, and admissions. <laughs> people want well, but people want peacocks. They want the shirt. They yeah, want yeah. the deal, right? And then what happens is, then admission starts. You know, who are these people? What are these people going to buy? The conference. Oral Roberts run the Sweet 16, brought over an, an excess of over $4 million extra to the conference in shares that they weren't going to usually get because they're usually one and done and they're out. Wow. And so when you look at those kind of things, there's a lot of people that benefit from St. Peter's. And then, of course, them in themselves as a basketball program, kind of what do you do next and how does it go? And now with Coach leaving and going to um, – uh, uh, Maryland, take yeah. the Maryland job um, to go to Seton Hall. Now when he gets the Seton Hall job, what do you do? Who do you bring in and how do you keep that rolling? Um, and I think that's where, you know, a place like Florida Gulf Coast, when 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 uh, Andy left and they brought Joe in, they were able to keep that thing, you know, kind of what it was then. In the last eight years, there's been five different teams from our league go to the NCAA tournament. Wow. So you talk about, you know, everybody, you know, go, 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 go. Well, guess what? Like Conference USA, one bid, right? This big-time Conference USA that people talk about, one bid. Sunbelt, one bid. You know, you talk about all these different programs that maybe have 23, 24, 25. Belmont was, you know, 27 wins. Morehead State went two years ago because they won in the tournament. Murray State didn't go. They were ranked 25. So, like... Now this year, if Belmont would have won, Murray State would have would have would have gone thirty and two. Yeah, yeah they were and, top twenty, and they were top twenty this year. Yeah. And their and their and their and their RPI net whatever was a lot higher. But go back to St. Peter's, like so that's what it does, and then it creates a story. And what it does, what I always liked about playing our championship game on Sunday, this is the first year we moved it to Tuesday, and it was at five o'clock. What I liked about it on Sunday is you got the whole week to really have the national scene. And there's only two teams in, then three teams in, then four teams in, then five, then six, then nine, then 12, then 18. But you were always up there. And so people were always talking about you, and you were always getting that. And then Sarah Walsh comes, and she dealt right. But on a Tuesday, she can't come in and do that piece. And that piece was probably worth about 20 to $22 million of marketing and advertising. How about that? So That's a big number. She does a four-year, a four-minute piece. On who are the Osprey? What is an Osprey? Yeah. You know, so I, I really think for people like St. Peter's and people like Oral Roberts, they really get an opportunity to have a national scene. And what's great is Valparaiso being with Coach Drew. He was at Valparaiso when his brother made that shot and they got to it. That week, like everybody's coming to your school, everybody's coming to your campus, meaning the national media. So you're really getting an extra six, seven days. So if they lose, on Saturday, eh, they beat Kentucky, and it's almost forgotten. True. But when you win that second game, like Oral Roberts, and you move on to that one, ooh. It, it, it's like compound interest in a sense, right? Okay. I mean, it really is. I saw the financial advisor, so <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said but that. But, I mean, it, it is. Like, it feels like that. But Is Austin that tall? Yeah, he's that tall. He's 6'6", six, six, man. Well, fix this chair when I'm done because he's going to come in the microphone. He's going to hit his knees on the table. <laughs> Matthew Driscoll, by the way, with us, UNF men's basketball coach, uh, sitting in as a as a guest co-host along with uh, myself, Casey Casey Kurtz, uh, while Austin is out snowboarding. Um, I say this, and I've been saying this for the years. It's not just 
because you're here. You know, I've been saying this at places like JU, at places like UNF, at places like St. Peter's, at places like you name it. The investment in the basketball is worth it. If you can go to the tournament, in my estimation, and this is just me throwing out numbers, one every six, seven years, and then if you really get lightning in a bottle and go a couple of times in, the, in that frame, I mean, wow, it's worth the investment. And uh, I just think more than a lot of other sports investing, you want to be well-rounded. Um, sometimes it's football that takes the cake. Well, in the A-Sun, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, so it just goes to show you, again, St. Peter's is feeling it. You guys felt it in oh, 15. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what the numbers you just threw well, out there. Well, 15 and 16, uh, we go back-to-back championships. Yes. Yeah. You're feeling NIT. pretty good. Now, I know you didn't make it, but still, you're feeling pretty good. Then you go to the NIT, and it's still, it's not the same. But nonetheless, you, you for like 18 months, you got a pretty good deal going. Yeah. And so it's worth it. I mean, And then you're getting the, the publicity that second year. Don't let these teams get in your bracket. Don't let, you know, who are the top five mid-major? You know, North Florida was always that team because we had everybody back. Uh, we lost in the semis that year at, at home. So, but that goes to show you, too, the fine line of once you do it and you get there. Yeah. And now you go from being the hunter to the hunted. And now as you could, and then we come back and lose everybody and win another championship in 2020. So you're 100% right. And to go back to what you just said earlier about, the monies. Don't forget now, $1.15 billion was brought in last year by men's basketball for the NCAA. <laughs> That's why they were so mad when they lost it, by the way, that year. Well, part of it was $390 million was from an insurance policy. Another $90 million was from an insurance policy that lost tickets last year. Okay. But $850 million of it were from it. Wow. So you talk about a, a lot of yang yes. you know, that's coming in. It's a big deal. So it, it's a huge deal. And when you get St. Peter's and Earl Roberts, and you get these people, it even makes it like the guys at Dunkin' Donuts this morning, like, they're like, coach, they, like, you know, yeah. they're my guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're 65 and they're my guys. And they're like, man, how about this? And I, well, that's what it does. That's what it does. Let's it, get everybody talking. And, and football does it, but they don't do it quite at the same level because it's four teams and it's really two weeks, but those three weeks, they capitalize it. It almost seems like they lose momentum at the end of the season when they pick those teams to when they play. But here's the deal. If, the problem is, like, when JU played football, they could never... No, no, no. Yeah, not that You level. can't do that. That's the thing. Like, so I'm talking about so these kind of schools. You can be on the that big dance stage as you would have... And Gonzaga actually gave everybody, like, this dream, this chance to dream big. Because it feels like they came out of nowhere from mid-major level to, well, Cinderella to mid-major level to power. So 97-8 in Wyoming, we lost to them in the NIT first round. And I was like, wow, like these dudes are, and Mark Few was an assistant. And back in those days, we'd have breakfast together. And he's sitting right next to me eating eggs. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. <laughs> and, um, but you're like, wow, these dudes are, you know, whatever. And then as they continued to move forward was they would started to get, like, some dudes from up there. And maybe I'm not going to go to Oregon because they got too many. I'm not going to go to Oregon State. I'm not going to go to Washington State. I'm not going to go to Washington. Yeah, they're in Spokane, by the way, Washington. So now they're starting to get some of these guys that are Pac-10 guys. And now they're developing them. They're redshirting them. They're doing these things with them. And then they get their occasional transfer. Mm -hmm. Or international player. And then he went, you know, Kelly Olenek, who, who you never remember or don't remember playing, he's still yeah. in the NBA. 
like he was from Canada, and like he was a even believe it or not, he was a big time quarterback. We were recruiting him at Baylor, and uh, you know, so so when you look at that, and you see, um, uh, what's the guard they had that was really good a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, he was he was he came with Stoskis and and all those guys. The guy was number one pick from UNLV for the NBA draft. Anyways, I saw all four of those guys at one time as ninth graders, and you're like, holy cow! Oh, Pangos. Okay. You're like, holy cow. Like, these dudes are for real. We're up in Canada. <laughs> so you're right. And they, you know, they were able to do that. And Tommy Lloyd has taken that success with him to Arizona. Arizona, Sean Miller left them four really talented guys. You saw last night. Yeah. Two of them got 58 of their points. They scored more points than most teams scored yesterday combined. That's true. But he put some international pieces together. Put some, a Gonzaga kid came with them. So... You know, you look at how they do that, and Belmont is a good example, um, but they haven't gotten to that because they got to a point where they got to a point. And to get to their point, you know, Fuse making $5 million. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a mid-major pool every there's year. There's investments, and but then there's on. investments. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But they're playing a national schedule at a national yeah. level, and obviously Nemhart. Belmont is a good comparison, though, that they climbed that ladder. No, they do, and, and they stopped. Yeah. They didn't. Now they got a brand new practice story. Now they're going to Missouri Valley Conference. They could possibly still Missouri Valley Conference one bid. Yeah. You know, and it's because all the big boys, seven and nine, Indiana, well, they got to get them in. You know, it, it's just all those different people you're talking about. TCU got to get them in. Michigan, seventeen and fourteen. Mm, I don't think so. Man, or Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> but also too, their matchups. It's all about matchups. All right? of it. All about matchups. Uh, I want to ask you this before we take a break. Nebhard was at Florida. Mm-hmm. I went, played a, against him. He's a good player. We played against him. He's a very good player. Yeah. Now. He obviously, you know Noah. You had him in the program. He was very good here. I didn't know he'd be this good at Providence. So he's been around for a while, but he's a key component there. Note, I'm not sure how he ever ended up on JU's campus, given the way he's played at Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, is it these guys have raised the level of their game? Did people miss on them? Why did they end up at UNFJU? And, oh, Florida's a little bit different in that respect, but he's really raised the level of his game out at Gonzaga, it feels like. There's only so many players, and there's only so many scholarships. And the one thing men's basketball did that maybe women's basketball will do at some point to help their parity yeah. is they went Which from, is getting better. They went from 15 to 13. Okay. So now the guys who are getting the two extra... It's all trickled down, trickled down, trickled down. Trickled. So there's only so many scholarships. Yeah. So, well, that guy's really good. We, uh, we don't have a scholarship. Well, that guy's really good. Well, we don't have a scholarship. Well, JD's really good. Well, we don't have a scholarship. Noah's really good. If you wait till next year, Noah, we'll take you. Well, okay. Well, they might take somebody else. Who's to say they're going to take you? So, JD Note, like, Tony did a really good job. His staff did a really good job. They, they saw this kid. We saw the kid. We didn't have a scholarship for that position, you know, so that that's the other thing. Yeah. Do, do you, do you have need? that need? Yeah, yeah. Well, how could you not have that need? He leads the SEC in scoring. He's better than anybody you have. Well, not at the time. Yeah. At the time, Dallas and Jalen, and I mean, all those guys were pretty, now they were on the back end, Garrett with Sams. So then you look at a guy like Nemart. I'm just telling you from my outs, I don't know this for anything. I'm just telling from an outside perspective in the business. Goes to Florida, what's he supposed to be? One and done. Oh, yeah. No, they were talking about him being one and done. Yeah, a lot of – he's that guy. Came back the second year. What happened? Still couldn't leave. Yeah, M- MJ Walker, Florida State, same thing. Supposed to be one and done, stays four years. 
So now these kids start thinking, mm, is it me? Is it them? Am I this? Am I that? Next thing you know, people start whatever. I think he's a Canadian kid, if I'm not mistaken. People start whatever, and now, oh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's done good with transfers. Gonzaga's done well with Canadian kids. You know, Gonzaga's a national name. You know what? I could get out of here and maybe get a reboot. I don't know. Yeah. Think about well, what it, I just said. It works sometimes for people. But think about yeah. what I just said. You know, it's nothing against Mike. It's nothing against Florida. It's nothing against, here's a kid, I'm one and done. And everybody, and you know, people are. Yeah. Why aren't you one and done? Why aren't you good enough? Why haven't you, have you not developed? Have you not, look, like, you know, and you know what? Maybe that goes back, maybe we missed. Maybe he wasn't that. Maybe the experts missed. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't that. He needed to develop. And then JT Note goes and does what he does, and Porkler. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got a different. It's not a. It's not a uh, blanket statement, right? Everybody's got a different journey, and especially for all these kids who have to commit so early, it might not have been the best fit in the long run. But now here he is at Gonzaga. He's matured. He's grown up. He's he's learned some things. He's got a chip on his shoulder. All those things. How long does caterpillars take to become butterflies? <laughs> Casey, this is where you come into the show, pal. Uh, three months. Is that your guess? Yes. Uh, I'll Six go, years. No, no, no. It's not three months. I'll go nine months. My point is, <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> we don't know how much. I have no We're, idea. This is an educational it was a great, program. It was a great meta, metamorphosis, man. I mean, <laughs> that's that slippery rock degree coming out. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Who's going to win it all from here? Coach, you got to tell us. We'll be back. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hanging out with Matthew Driscoll, University of North Florida men's basketball coach. It is March Madness, Sweet 16 time. And uh, we have some Cinderella's, including St. Peter's. Uh, been a fun tournament so far. Coach, I said this earlier. Do you agree or not? Either well-played games or, in my estimation, like poorly played games. There have been a lot in between. I, I feel like I've seen some great shot making. You go back to the Murray State San Fran game, that was terrific. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was excellent. But then, like, I look at, like, I don't look at Iowa State, Wisconsin as like that was a well played game. I thought that was a lot of clunkiness. Uh, two of 22 shooting, eight 17 turnovers for Wisconsin. Like, to me, that's just not playing good basketball. I think whenever you, you get to postseason, whether it be in your own tournament or in this postseason tournament, possessions are always much more valuable. Um, sometimes possessions get longer. I think if you watch closely, you've seen a lot more later shot clock scenarios than you had in the regular season because sometimes it gets a little tighter and whether or not to shoot, should I shoot? Well, this is the same shot you took before, and, uh, and that's something you really have to work through with the guys. I think there's been a lot more fouls called. Um, I've been surprised at that too. I think there's been a lot more um, scenarios where they've letting guys play a little bit more that their physicality in the post has been a lot more on the perimeter though it's been a lot less and in the late during the season it was vice versa huh. uh, and you kind of wish that was kind of changed uh during the season that'd be kind of nice if the same guys <laughs> blowing the whistle um you know the technical for hanging on the rim yeah um then you look at the kid from tcu did the same thing and actually did a chin up nothing um um and, and i think so some of those i think the flagrant foul scenarios um we've had more a dead ball technical flagrant fouls called. I don't even think there was never one during our our whole season that we played in. 
that was ever a flagrant foul. They went to the monitor and, and came back. So there's been, I think, four or five or whatever. And now it's because on national TV and yeah, everybody's yeah. watching, they want to get to the game. They want to get to the – that's the other thing. These referees are being graded. And now course, the money's less. They don't make as much money. But being in the game, being in the Sweet 16, yeah. right, like that means a lot. Absolutely. And these guys work all year. So when they're going to the monitors, like they're even – it's even that much more. Um, um, so I, I think it's something that, um, that you're definitely right about. Um, I do think the play has been like, you know, look at the kid from Arizona last night, TCU. That guy almost got mauled at half court and nothing. Nothing. And then later there's a little bit of a nudge and you're like, you know, even Jamie said like, Jamie, Christmas, like that's the same thing. It just happened at half court. <laughs> yeah. So I think the consistency is what you want. And I think when you get into the sweet 16, you look at like Iowa State's playing Miami. Well, nobody has that except the guy, the two people that have the perfect bracket, whatever. Yeah. Like, Iowa State, people didn't want in, in the tournament. They were a sub-500 Big 12 team. You know, so... Who what, wins last year? What a story. Yeah. Might be a better story than St. Peter's, to be honest with you. Yeah, correct. You know, it's crazy. St. Peter's, you're <laughs> right. St. Peter's is... No one's ever done that, obviously. No one's never... I don't even know if anyone's ever... At 0.8% winning percentage, I think they were. 2-22, and 22, whatever it was. But, then, you know, that goes back, too, to your other thing about these coaches leaving and taking jobs. You know, Steve Prohm was at Missouri, at uh, Murray State, mm -hmm. and then he goes up there and he gets let go, two and twenty-two. Yeah. You know, Don Munson, you don't even know who that is. No. He's the first guy that got Gang Gonzaga going. Oh yeah, back in the day. Okay. Yeah, and then he left and took Minnesota, and then Mark Few got elevated and stayed, and he got fired. Yeah. That's and now he's at Long Beach State. But my point is, there is like, something to be said for that. Well, not going to chase that next one and being comfortable where you're at. 100%. I mean, I've been fortunate to be there um, in, a, in a couple different scenarios. But also, too, like you can't not, not take that money. Yeah, well, it's a lot of money. But, I mean, listen, Coach, I, you know how many calls I get from the network on a daily basis? But here I am, still in Jacksonville. That's awesome. Yeah, just wanted to stay here. By the way, 5 <laughs> to 21 days. 5 to 21 days on the, what was it? The, the caterpillar, caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Yeah, from the cocoon. From the cocoon. But... Not Cancun. From the cocoon. <laughs> Cancun So you nice. got a guy like Dallas Moore who's, you know, five months. He's freshman yeah. of the year. Or you got a guy that, you know, takes a little bit longer. Um, you know, a guy like uh, Noah Horkler that kind of comes along. And then 21 days, he's, he's, he's more mature and ready to go. Stay with us, Coach. Uh, we want to get some of your Sweet 16 picks. I've got to get to the bracket and football at five. So let me talk a little pigskin. I don't know if you're ready for this, but you can do it. Pittsburgh. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. We get back.